few interesting questions this week to uh, to contemplate. One that I, that I, that I found particularly interesting. Um, I'm pulling it up in my email. I'm not just being rude and texting during during this year. Um, the the uh, the shadow is as follows: A woman who is an oncologist lives in Colorado. Sent me the following the following email. Hi, Rabbi Leibowitz. Hi. On my Colorado state ballot, so when you vote, you should just know that you're not, people often expect to go into the, uh, to the, the booth, the polling booth, you know, the, the voting booth, and uh, find like a big blue button and a big red button for, you know, uh, whatever, Trump and Hillary. It, it doesn't really work. There are like a lot of things to vote for. Some of the things you never heard of, and, you know, you, so one of the things that they're going to be voting for in Colorado is the following. On my Colorado state ballot is an initiative for an end-of-life options act. As a halachic Jew and cancer doctor, I would never write such a prescription or take one if I were terminally ill. However, emotionally, I can understand the desire for such an option for suffering non-Jewish terminally ill cancer patients or other similar type illness. Is there a halachic prohibition to my voting in favor of this initiative? I assume there is, but wanted guidance before I mail in my ballot. First of all, I didn't know that it's like mail, like snail mail your ballot. Is that the way it works? Yes, mom is snail mail. Wow, that's unbelievable. 2016. Um, here's the language. Here's the language of the proposition. Proposition 106 was designed to permit terminally ill patients with under six months to live, as determined by two physicians, to self-administer aid in dying drugs to voluntarily die. To be eligible, the patient must be at least 18 years old, determined mentally capable by two physicians, and able to communicate an informed decision. Receiving aid in dying drugs would require one written request, witnessed by at least two other persons, and two oral requests. The measure would also allow a physician to prescribe the lethal drug to a terminally ill patient under certain conditions. Health providers and facilities would not be required to prescribe or dispense aid in dying medication. In addition, Proposition 106 would criminalize coercing a patient with a terminal illness to request the drug. So this is the Shaila. Can you vote for such a proposition for, for, uh, for physician-assisted suicide? Uh, should, we do, should I mention another Shaila to give you choice or just stick with this one? I should mention another one? Another Stick with this one? Mention another one? I'll, I'll mention another one, then, I'll, I'll, then we'll do this one. The, the, <laughs> another Shiloh that came up um, was from, uh, from uh, another rabbi who said as follows. Where is it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, here we go. Shiloh was as follows. A woman sent as follows. I am in my 50s and have been studying and working in the music field, but the options are limited for women, especially because of Kal Isha, which is why I am writing. At the moment, I'm considering doing a master's degree in music therapy at Barilan University. I would like to know what the limits and guidelines would be with respect to Kal Isha and if there would be a way for me to work in view of the limitations. Music therapy involves using musical methods to help people overcome difficulties. Now, to me, that, it just sounds so vague. What, what, what is that? What does that mean? What kind of difficulties? What kind? It is used in hospitals and with special needs kids in schools, shelters, and many other places. Sometimes, but not always, it requires singing. It's not a performance, but rather helping someone through with music. 
Other options are drumming, playing an instrument while the other person sings. I realize that these methods are not a problem, but I'm told that the singing option is sometimes required. While working, after getting the degree, I have the liberty to make my own decisions with respect to when the singing is used, and I'll probably try to find a job that would allow me to work mainly with women. Are there any individuals with whom I would be permitted to sing as part of my work or part of my training? Adults with mental illness, uh, older people. I tried to ask the head of the department if it would be possible to work with women only in, in this stage. And he said he can't guarantee that, especially since in order to do the degree, I need to be qualified to work with anyone. Also, if I'm not a singer by profession, does that make a difference? Um, and then she writes, uh, there, is always, there's, there is usually a supervisor in the room to advise me what to do. I don't know if the supervisors are usually men or women. Okay, so that was the second Shaila. Uh, which of the Shailas do you want to discuss first? Maybe we'll get to both, maybe we won't. Which one do you want to discuss first? First one, okay, physicians. So voting for physician-assisted suicide. So first, we have to address a lot of issues to talk about voting for physician-assisted suicide. What, what issues do we have to address? What, what, what would we talk about? What halachic issues need to be discussed? First of all, it's very no in this week's parsha. Why is it very no in this week's parsha? Pasuk said, Achas dimcham l'nafshoseichem edrosh. Rashi comments. What's dimcham l'nafshoseichem edrosh? Miyad kaladam. That it's usher to be ma'aved nafsho shel atzmo. A person is not allowed to kill oneself. Suicide is forbidden, right? That's a Rashi in this week's parsha. That one, while one may kill an animal for food or whatever, one may not kill one's self, right? That is a Rashi in this week's parsha. The Rambam in the second parak of Hilchos Rotzeach, Halacha Beis, refers to someone who takes his own life in the same category as someone who ties somebody else down in front of an oncoming train. You know, you didn't do the act of murder, but you are a, the Rambam calls it, a shofech damim and chayiv misa bide shemayim. It's a little bit of a funny, uh, I mean, not funny, but kind of, not like ha-ha funny, but like ironic funny that uh, someone who has just killed himself is now chayiv misa bide shemayim. He might say, thank you. So, but uh, anyway, no, he's already dead. He's not saying anything. So he's chayv misabidei shemayim. So clearly, shofech and misabidei shemayim. It is a very bad thing to commit suicide. What do we do with someone who commits suicide? Shulchan Aruch and Simen Shin Mem Hey, in Yerdeya, Hamaavid Atzmo Ladas, Ein Misaskeni Molechal Davar, Ve'Ein Misablin Alav, Ve'Ein Maspidin Also, No Avelus, No Hespid, Velo Korin, Velo Cholzin. So you're thinking to yourself. Wow, there must be zero suicide in the Orthodox community because every time someone dies, I know they always sit shiva. So we must have a zero suicide rate. We do not have a zero suicide rate. We come up with a heterium for the family's dignity to be able to sit shiva when uh, when there is a suicide. That's uh, that's that that's the minhag. But but the halacha the halacha is that when a person is ma'aviratz muladas and we know it, we know that he was ma'aviratz muladas. The Gemara says that the, the case is he goes up to, to Rosh Hagag. The, the Shulchan Aruch actually says in Sif Beis, "Ezu ma'aviratz muladas kigon sha'amar harayu olah Rosh Hagag v'ra'u sheyala miyad derech kas u'shayametzar v'nafalamais." He says, "I'm going to go jump off the roof right now." And we see him storm up to the roof and then whoop, fall down, and that's it, and he's gone. So that's Maviratz Muldas. But you just find someone that fell off a roof, you don't assume Maviratz Muldas. Right? So we, we work with those kinds of, uh, of heterim, not heterim, of, you know, of, of assessments that we don't necessarily know that people who seem to be Maviratz Muldas are. 
However, if a person is saying, I want to die, give me medicine that will kill me, and I will take it, that fits very well into Sif Beis, that that is Ma'avir Atzmaladas, correct? So it seems pretty clear that Ma'avir Atzmaladas is a real problem. Committing suicide is a real problem. Uh, so what? Uh, so issue number one is to discuss whether suicide is an issue, and we've clarified it is an issue. Issue number two is then going to be, you're on issue number three already. Issue number two is going to be, is there any exception? Is there any heter? Meaning these people that are uh, that 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 are are looking to die are dying. They're, they they have a terminal diagnosis. They're going to die within six months. So are there heterim? based on what, what kind of circumstances a person is facing. Issue number three is then going to be, can you be the physician that provides them with, with the drug? Because there are lots of ways to kill yourself. They don't need you to kill, to, to kill themselves. If they want, they can go into their garage, turn on the car, they can uh, you know, blow their brains out, they can, uh, they can take too many pills. I don't have to tell you how to commit suicide. But they, they could, there are a lot of things that they could do if, uh, if they really wanted to, uh, to kill themselves. Right, so you, they don't need your help in order to in order to kill themselves. So that's going to be issue number three. Issue number four is you're even a, a step removed past that. The woman just wants to pull the lever in the voting booth, and you know how many votes it's either going to pass or fail by? Not one. I can guarantee you, the chances of it passing or failing by one vote are very very slim. It's going to either you know pass or fail by thousands of votes. So what's she really doing anyway? Step by step. So issue number one, there's definitely a problem of, of committing suicide. Ah, are Gayim included in that issue? Well, you tell me. Where do we learn it from? Parshas Noach. B'nai Noach just might be included in that issue. In addition, in addition, what is the issue? What is the issue? Is it a separate issue called Mavir Atzmodas, or is it a an offshoot of Ritzicha? You're not allowed to murder someone else, you're not allowed to murder yourself. It's, it's so it's a chakir in the Akronim. The Akronim discusses, Minchas Chinuch does not believe it's Ritzicha. Rambam refers to it as Shofech Damim. Sounds like a little bit of an offshoot of Ritzicha. There's a psikta that says, Lo Tirzach, Lo Titratzeach. That included in Lo Tirzach is, Do not be your own murder victim. So why are Bnei Noach Matsuim? Bnei Noach are. No, I'm saying if it's not. Pashas is it is a din of Ritzicha, I would think, or it's at least an offshoot. It's at least in, you know something related to Ritzicha that one would imagine that Bnei Noach would be included in. Uh, additionally, it's not only Bnei Noach that are going to be affected by this. The base mayor in the Sadu Shulchan Aruch Yardei and Simon Reish Tzvav is in a totally different context in uh, the context of talking about Nidarim. Uh, the base mayor writes that. Uh, not in the side of the Shulchan Aruch, in the commentary in the Shulchan Aruch, the base mayor writes that it is Ritzicha, that it's a, that it's a violation of Ritzicha. Okay, Menchas Chinuch Mitzalam says not that way, but Ma'avid Atzmaladas is definitely Asr, and it's likely Ritzicha. Now, are there any Eterim? So, now, I, I had given this shear earlier this evening in DRS, and DRS sends out a, an email with a title for the shear. So, uh, I sent out the title... Uh, voting for death and singing for life. And somehow, someone figured out what I was talking about. 
they figured out, I don't know if they figured out the singing for life part, that was the other shayla, but voting for death, they, uh, and I got a text from a Talmud of mine, uh, Uri Himmelstein, who said that his friend, who is the son of the woman who sent the email, had asked Rav Shechter whether it's permissible uh, for a patient to take a drug that will kill them when they're in this kind of uh, situation. And Rav Shechter said it's permissible for a patient to take such a drug. What? I, I, I just responded, seriously? Question mark, exclamation point. You need to know my texting style. I said, what? What, what are you talking about? He said, did, did Rav Shechter read the bill? The, the bill as I just read it to you. So I think there may be a difference between what Rav Shechter might have said to this fine Ben Torah, who is a really outstanding Ben Torah, and, and what, what the actual Metzius on the ground is. Okay? So let's, let's discuss. Um, where do we find suicide amongst tzaddikim? Do we have examples in Jewish history of tzaddikim committing suicide? Shaul HaMelech is the prime example. In the very last chapter of Shmuel Aleph, Shaul HaMelech knows that he's going to die. How does he know he's going to die? Well, he really had some inside information. See, Shaul HaMelech wanted to, uh, he wanted to divine what he's supposed to do with the Melchama that he was about to fight and what's going to be and what's going to happen. And he tried the Urim Batumim and that didn't work out because when you kill the whole city of Kohanim, the Urim Batumim was not so willing to cooperate. And he uh, tried Navi and the Chalom and nothing worked. So what did he do? And in an act of desperation, he went to a woman who is one of these crystal ball ladies and he wanted to, her to pull up the spirit of Shmuel Hanavi, who had passed away already, and to speak to Shmuel. And sure enough, she calls the spirit of Shmuel Hanavi. And the way some of the Mepharshim on the Navi understand, she was as surprised as anybody that it actually worked, because she wasn't actually really capable of pulling up spirits, but like most of these people, she was a charlatan, but she couldn't believe it. Oh my God, he's actually here. So she called up the spirit of Shmuel Hanavi, and Shmuel says, Lamir Gastani, as the way I used to translate it when I taught in high school was, did you rub my lamp? Aladdin? Nobody? Okay. So Shmuel says, why did you, what are you bothering me? What are you bugging me? I was resting nicely. And now you, so Shmuel says, no, no, it's, it's really important. I'm not getting answered from the Chalom or from the Navi. He doesn't mention the Urim Vitumim because he's embarrassed to mention the Urim Vitum since he's embarrassed that he killed Nov Ira Kohanim. The Gemara Bracha says, you learn from there that someone who's, who's embarrassed about his Averos gets a Mechila for his Averos because of what Shmuel responded. Shmuel said to him, uh, by the way, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to end so well. Uh, tomorrow, you're going to be imi b'mechitzasi. You're going to be together with me uh, tomorrow. Which, uh, you know, as the old joke goes, is there baseball in heaven? Good news and bad news, you know, there is, but you're pitching tomorrow, right? So Shmuel, Shmuel tells Shaul, no one knows the joke? Okay, I'm just talking. Okay, Shmuel tells Shaul, you're pitching tomorrow, meaning you're, you're going to be here tomorrow. Shaul, knowing this, knowing that he's, he's going to die, he is being chased, He's going to die. He would rather not die at the hand of his enemies. So he says to his weapons bearer, do me a favor, kill me. The weapons bearer says, no way, not killing you. Shaul takes his spear, falls on it, commits suicide. Interestingly, the story in the very first chapter of Shmuel Beis is a little bit of a different version, and it's unclear whether they complement each other or contradict each other. The story goes that a Nara Maleki, 
goes to David HaMelech and says, guess what? Shaul is dead. You know how I know? I killed him. I saw him leaning on a spear and he was like, please kill me. And I did it. So the guy that's been chasing you and trying to bring about your downfall, David, I took care of him. I killed him. And he was expecting to be given a big pat on the back, maybe a cabinet position, some uh, handsome reward. You killed my nemesis, the one who tried to... And what did David HaMelech do? He killed the Naramaleki. Why did David HaMelech do that? Well, one possibility is David HaMelech wanted to establish very, very quickly Killing kings is not okay. David HaMelech is becoming a king. It is not cool to kill a king. So he, he established the rule right, right at the outset and, and throughout his Malchus. With Adonio, with everything. It's not okay. It's not okay to kill a king. So the, the question is, is you know, begs itself. Shaul, whether he... Okay, whether it's a contradiction of stories where some understand that the Nara Maliki lied as a way of trying to curry favor with David and sort of backfired, or whether he was telling the truth and Shaul attempted suicide and failed, and he needed the Nara Maliki to finish the job, the Nara Maliki walked by afterwards. But the bottom line is Shaul threw himself in a spear, and, and, and Shaul tried to kill himself. You have other examples. You have other examples in, in, in Navi. I, I believe Rabbi Alan Schwartz uh, from the Upper West Side a big bucky in uh, Tanakh. He happens to be a big bucky in Shas, but since it's so rare to be a big bucky in Tanakh, everyone knows him as a big bucky in Tanakh. <laughs> he happens to know Shas pretty, pretty cold also. But, uh, but he, uh, I believe he has done a lot of research on suicide in Vim. It may even be, have been his master's thesis on suicide in the Vim Rishonim. Um, so where else do we have suicide in the Vim Rishonim? We have a couple of other examples of suicide in the Vim. Yef Shimshon is another famous example. What did Shimshon do? How did Shimshon die? Thomas Nafshi and Plishtim. He broke the pillars of the cathedral down and he killed more Plishtim on that one day than, uh, than, than he had killed in his entire career of killing Plishtim. Mm-hmm. But, but he went with that. So it was, it was, a, it was a suicide mission. Uh, yeah, other examples also. Abnalach. Okay, there are other examples also. And in the Gemara, the Gemara in Gittin, we talk about it on Tishba, the young women and the young men who were being taken for immoral purposes and they, they jump in, in, in the water and kill themselves rather than allow themselves to be taken for immoral purposes. So it seems that there are certain circumstances where one is allowed to commit suicide. The question is, what exactly are the Kidari? Now, it's, it's hard to bring a raya from Sha'ul because Sha'ul knew he was going to die within a day. Plus, the kind of suffering he would be subject to as a captured Jewish king by the foreign forces, by the enemy forces, the kind of humiliation and physical suffering that he would be subject to is beyond imagination. And he knew that. So we're talking about very significant amount of suffering. When it comes to the children in, 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 in Gittin, we're talking about saving themselves from some horrible Averos, from Gilea Rayos. So they're, they're willing to give their lives rather than be subject to these kinds of arayos. So it's very hard to be magdir exactly. And the truth is, it's very interesting. In Shulchan Aruch, we talk about ma'virat smoladas, but never in terms of when you're allowed to do it. Where does it come up in Shulchan Aruch? I read to you before. In terms of hilchos, avelus. Once it's already done, do I observe avelus? How do I judge? Is the person ma'virat smoladas or not? We don't really talk about, are you allowed to do it? Is it permissible to me about to be Mavid Asmal Das? 
The Shulchan Aruch does paskin in Sif Gimel in Shimnem Hay that not only a katan uh, is, is not considered a suicide if a katan kills himself, it says, We're going to sit shiva for someone who's anus kishol amelch. Now, some of the mafarshim and the navi say, Shol amelch made a mistake. It was Nisr. He wasn't allowed to do it. Others say, No, unbearable suffering. He was allowed to do it. Either way, we would sit shiva for someone like that. But again, he doesn't say it's mutter to do it. He says he would sit shiva for someone. When Rav Shachter told, I didn't speak to Rav Shachter myself, but when Rav Shachter told this, this uh, young man um, that, that, that one is allowed to, one who's going through unbearable suffering is allowed to take such a pill, I, I, his, his, his raya is from Shaul, meaning it's this sif in Shulchan that he's, that he's thinking of. So he's making the assumption that just like you would sit shiva for them, they'd be permit, permitted to do it as well. Um, there is a Chuvas Besamim Rosh, quoted by Rabbi Kivager on the spot in, in Yerodea, where the Besamim Rosh writes that if a person is going to be suffering a great deal, he's allowed to be Ma'aviratz Moladas, he's allowed to kill himself. He says, I am Chuvas Besamim Rosh, Simon Shin Memhei. In most editions of the Chuvas Besamim Rosh, if you open up the Sefer, you will find Simon Shin Memdalid, you will find Simon Shin Memvav, you will not find the Simon Shin Memhei. They took it out. But in Simon Shin Memhei, in Besam Rosh, he writes as follows, says Rabbi Kikveriger, Vimrash elavet atzmo hechashit kafeu yitzro velo yamud bin Yisayon. One second. Yeah. Ayin um, be. No, I must be skipping something. Whatever it is. He quotes this, this Besam Rosh that says that one is allowed to be Mavid Asmaladas in this kind of situation. Um, that it's that it's the Rashai Lasuskade. Yeah, he says that the Rashai Lasuskade, you're allowed to do that and you're not included in a Bakhal Mavid Asmaladas. Now the the problem with quoting a Chuvas Basam and Rosh is what's the problem with quoting a Chuvas Basam Rosh is that who wrote the Basam Rosh? So for years and years they thought it was the Rosh. Some rush. Then they discovered later on that it wasn't from the rush. Pischei Tshuva over here makes a big deal about that, and he says this wasn't from the rush. This uh, this Pesam Rosh you can't you can't trust. You don't know what it is. The Chassam Sofer used to refer to the Tshuva's Pesam Rosh instead of as the Kisvei Harash, the writings of the rush. He referred to it as the Kisvei Harash. He was one of the earlier. Uh, he was wise to it pretty early on. He realized that a kizve means the lies. This is the the forgery, the lies of the rush. I mean, in some editions of the Chassam Sofer, they 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 changed kizve harash back to kizve harash because they assumed it was a typo. It wasn't a typo. It was the Chassam Sofer being clever, right? But it, it certainly wasn't uh, wasn't a typo. But anyway, there is this chuvas some rosh that says under these circumstances that one is allowed to do. Do we paskin like the uh, like the Basam rosh? It seems that many, many postum do not assume like some Rosh, Peskachuva, and others, although Rabbi Kivegur quotes it. So, uh, so and, and that's assuming all of this. It's assuming excruciating pain. It's, assume, it's, it's assuming that you know you're going to die. So all of that. Do you have that in this bill? Do you have that in the, in the way this bill was, was formulated? So what do we say? What did they require? They required six months, that you're going to die within six months, as judged by two physicians, if you speak to doctors and you try to find out what that means as, as determined by two physicians, what it means is 
as judged by one physician and his friend. And what that often means is, as judged by a family friend when the family wants a certain result, who happens to be a doctor and his friend. It's unfortunate, that's what it is. You know, in, in, in brain death, this happens all the time. In determining even, if you hold that brain death is death, it's very important to, to clarify that it in fact, that, that complete lack of brain activity is in fact determined by physicians who are short of it. Um, but certainly here, and six months, nor does it say anywhere in that bill that the patient has to be suffering from pain. Why would you want to die if you're not suffering from pain? Well, Oregon was one of the first states that actually allowed for physician-assisted suicide. And they did all sorts of studies asking the patients why they wanted to die. Most responded because they wanted control of how they died. Control of how they died. Not because they were suffering unbearable pain. They didn't want to get there. That a strong desire to control the circumstances of their death, the time they die, the manner they die, because they feel like you know they're in the hands of the Rebbe They don't like that feeling. They want to be in control of their own their own destiny. Um, some concerns related to depression. Some were concerned about uh, upsetting their family or causing their family uh, tremendous, being a burden on their families. If a person is choosing to die because they're a burden on their families, that is suicide. That's not shaul. That's not the same thing. What we're legalizing in these kinds of situations is that kind of suicide. It's also important to note, and I saw an article online from Rabbi Yitzchak Breidowitz, and I think he made a very important ha'ara, that the term that they use is death with dignity because it's controlling your own situation. Death with dignity. A lot of times, the way, the way words are used, you know, probably the Affordable Care Act, right? What's it called? Obamacare. That was brilliant. That was a brilliant Republican move to call it Obamacare because once you call it that, you have half the country hating it automatically, right off the bat. Affordable care sounds like, that sounds good. Obamacare, if I hate Obama, sounds awful, right? It's all how you form it. So we could call this the death for no reason. Killing mom before she needs to die act or whatever. But instead they call it death with dignity. It's the nicest thing you could do to the patient. Let them, let them die with dignity. Now, a lot of this relates to the, the, the desire for self-determination. Bradowitz's point is as follows, and, and if you've been involved in end-of-life type of situations, and you know the culture in hospitals, I, I'm pretty confident he's right about this. And he writes as follows, What proponents of autonomy fail to realize, however, is that as formerly unspeakable options become widely available, there is a tremendous societal pressure to have them exercised. If and when assisted suicides become legalized and socially acceptable, one could easily visualize scenarios where persons who truly would want to live, given the chance and the encouragement, will instead opt for death, viewing their lives as worthless, non-productive, and a drain on their families. Subtly or explicitly, societal consensus will push people into directions which on their own would have remained off-limits, meaning ultimately it's the, it's the loss of autonomy. It's, it's, I want to take control, but ultimately, it's, 
I'm going to let the doctors push me into it, the family push me into it, because ultimately it's going to be about what they want, not, not, about, what I really, not about what the patient really wants. I think that's a very chash of a ha'ara. Now, given that, given that this bill does, does, allows for ritzicha, see, first I thought that, that, you know, I spoke to Rav Salvechik about this. I, I, uh, I don't know if I presented it incorrectly, but my understanding of it when I spoke to him was that the physician actually administers the drug. That's ritzicha, right? That l'kulei alma. No, no, that, that's absolutely ritzicha. Um, I didn't realize that it's self-administered in this case, so it's suicide. It's not. It's not, which may or may not be ritzicha, but it's not ritzicha in its fullest form. But that's what we're promoting in, you know, in, in allowing this bill to pass. So, okay. So now we discussed the issue of suicide. We discussed some of the exceptions. We discussed. We didn't being a doctor to write the prescription is, I think, a, a definite lifnei either, unless it's a circumstance where a person uh, is, is permitted to do it. But otherwise, it would be a definite lifnei either. What about voting for it? Is that lifnei either? It's not going to win by one vote anyway, right? So you're not doing anything. So is there... Is there and plus you could say, you know, lifnei either is when they can't do it without me. They could do it on their own. They can kill themselves as I gave you the whole list before in any number of ways. So what is that called? When you help someone do an Aveda, but they didn't need your help. You're making it easy for them. You're not only making it easy, you're making it socially acceptable for them. Suicide has a terrible stigma. But death with dignity doesn't have a terrible stigma. So you're, you're making it much easier for them emotionally to, to, uh, to do this to themselves. So that's Maseyeh de Ovrevera. Now there is an argument to be made, the Shach writes in the Yudah, in Dagamavav, that Maseyeh de Ovrevera doesn't apply to people who are not Shomri Torah Mitzvahs. Only the Pnei Vidarais applies to people. That's if you look at it from a very narrow halachic perspective. If you look at, look at it narrowly halachically, is it Livnever, not Livnever? But part of what we have to think about is when we're voting, we're, we're promoting a certain belief system. And not just a belief system, we're saying what we think society should be doing. To live in a society that promotes Ritzicha is a significant problem for us. Rav Salvech pointed out to me, what's the whole idea of Egla Rufa? The whole idea of Egla Rufa is, you find a dead body, I didn't kill him, no member of the basin killed him, we don't know who killed him, and everyone in the closest city takes responsibility as represented by their Sanhedrin. Because when Ritzicha happens in your midst, you have some level of responsibility for that. So to vote for something that amounts to Ritzicha, is, is, is highly problematic. That doesn't necessarily mean that in a state that it's legal, that the best approach with each patient is going to be to scream and yell, Ritzicha, Ritzicha, you can't do this. In fact, studies have shown that that is counterproductive. As you might have guessed, you know, when you try to convince someone of something, the best way to convince them is usually not by saying, you're an idiot, I know better than you. What you plan on doing is evil. That doesn't work. What works much better is, I understand where you're coming from. I can't imagine the stress that you must be under in trying to figure this out. Maybe there are ways to alleviate some of your concerns without making this option. You know, by taking other options also, let's, let's explore the options. Never judging the person. 
just talking about oh you, you want to be more in control of your situation maybe some some you know is a full time person taking care of you at home might be helpful in terms of uh, in terms of getting uh, more dignity in in your last days and 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 that ultimately when when the person gets to make their own decision again in a state where it's legal to to choose suicide and you're dealing with that mitzvah that that generally will will be a more effective way um, but it has to be done obviously with great chachma and with consultation with people who understand how this works with psychologists with Gedolei Israel, with doctors and all the rest but be that as it may uh, it would seem to me to be a, a terrible breakdown of society for from people for Jewish people to promote this kind of bill this is not talking about pain it's not talking about and it's, it's talking about six months it's not talking about one day it's talking about six months what exactly Chaye Sha'a is and it, it should be noted it should be noted that we don't always say that you have to prolong life as much as possible. There's a difference between not taking medicine that will prolong your life and prolong your suffering and actively killing yourself. There's also a difference between treating pain with a drug that may hasten death also versus just taking a drug to kill yourself. If you give a patient one of those clicker things, you know, with a morphine drip, and tell them, take morphine whenever you feel pain, just click on this, and you'll get more morphine. The morphine may stop their heart. It's a dangerous drug, but they're taking it for the pain. That's not what this is. So I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I asked... Um, I did not speak to Rav Shechter about it. I would love to speak to him about it. You know, I'll try to get a hold of him. When I spoke to Rav Salavajik about it, he, he just couldn't believe that this was even a question. He was, he was like, it's mitzicha. How, how can a society... How, he sa- I said, so the question is not really are you allowed to vote for it. The question is, are you obligated to get all the Jews to vote against it? So Rav Salvechik said, I assume that's what they'll do in Colorado, that all the, the, the from Jews will mobilize to vote against it. It's a pretty nice assumption. <laughs> that's what everyone's going to do. But he said, I assume that's Mustafa, what they're going to do. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I, that I left out that I wanted to say on, on this topic. Um, the... Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it we'll leave it there for uh, for that Shaila. The other Shaila, it's all right. It's very late enough. The other Shaila, I'm not sure. The answer is enough about the other Shaila, and everyone I asked isn't sure, including Shechter and Rabbi Salvechik. No one's sure. I'm not sure what to do with the other Shaila. It's a tough one. Okay. This is a tough one too. Different kind of way. Okay. Have a wonderful.